0: Ever get homesick for anywhere but home? As you make your return to travel, let the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless Card help you reach new destinations and find new appreciation for the places you know and love. Expand your world and go boundless with the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless Card. Learn more at MarriottBonvoy.com forward slash Chase Cards. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC.
1: Did you know that a business's location is one of the top factors in its success? In Ohio, we work to help you succeed on all fronts. Our diverse culture and highly educated workforce make hiring great talent easy. At the same time, our business climate and tax structure promote growth and spur innovation. Explore how Ohio is for you and your business at jobsohio.com success. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction.
0: Free speech is under assault like
1: never before.
0: Freedom is under attack more now than ever before.
1: Because radical doesn't mean crazy.
0: Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. With the help of the media, big tech, and the global elite, the left is attempting to seize control of my generation. It's time to fight back. It's time to let freedom ring. Hello, everybody! Happy Monday, November fifteenth. How are we doing? How are we doing? Joe Biden's the worst president in American history, but I will tell you this: it, it's great to be a ten and 0 Georgia Bulldog team. For those of you who don't know, every Monday I let you know that Georgia won. So I was, at, I was. So we're we're having a new thing every week, and uh, I'm gonna let you um, I'm gonna let you know why. So last week. I was in Walton County, Georgia, which is the, sorry, yeah, Walton County, Georgia, which is the most conservative county in Georgia by voting percentage. And this guy gave me an off. He he, he said, this is what you should do. You should start your show off like this every every day. So here we are. Uh, so if you're listening, this is all because of you. But we're going to go through Joe Biden's public schedule. Now, this is as of when I'm recording this. At 930 in the morning, the president will receive his daily brief. In At 11 a.m., there will be an in-town pool call time. So uh, who knows what that is. Um, I think that's something with the press. Uh, who, who knows? At 11.20, the president will participate in a Tribal Nations Summit coinciding with National Native American Heritage Month. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, by 1.30, there will be a press briefing by Jennifer Sackey. By 3 p.m., at 3 p.m., President Biden will sign into law his bipartisan infrastructure deal, H three H.R. 3684, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. The president and the vice president will deliver mar- remarks by 12 p.m. At 7.45 p.m., the president will meet virtually with his excellency, Xi Jinping, president of the People's Republic of China. So all he will be doing tomorrow. All he will be doing tomorrow. Is signing something into law and meeting with the person who probably very well controls him. That's all he's doing. That's all he's doing. Now a couple of weeks I saw something a couple of weeks ago I saw something that made it uh I'll put it like this, I really thought it was a rumor, but it's over at CNN and as we all know CNN cannot tell a lie. Exasperation and dysfunction inside Kamala Harris's frustrating start as vice president. Worn out by what they see as entrenched dysfunction and lack of focus. Key West wing aides have largely thrown up their hands at vice president Kamala Harris and her staff de- deciding simply there isn't time to deal with them right now. Especially at a moment when president Biden's face is quickly multiplying legislative and political concerns. The exasperation runs both ways interviews with nearly three dozen former and current Harris aides admin officials, democratic operative, Donors and outside advisors who spoke extensively to CNN reveal a complex reality inside the White House. Many in the vice president's circle fume that she's not being adequately prepared or positioned, but instead is being sidelined. The vice president herself has told several confidants she feels constrained in what she's able to do politically, and those around her remain wary of even hinting at future political ambitions, with Biden's team highly attuned to signs of disloyalty, particularly from the vice president. It's important to remember she is a heartbeat away from the presidency in just a year she could be launching a presidential campaign of her own but there are doubts throughout the political world what biden will do with his re-election bid in 2024 something he's pledged to do publicly and privately will she be a crit- a critical validator in three years for a president trying to get the country to re-elect him to serve until he's 86 or will she be going for herself Now, a few of the insiders who spoke with CNN think she's being well-prepared for whichever role it will be. Harris is struggling with a cocky, rocky relationship with some parts of the White House while long-term supporters feel abandoned and see no coherent public sense of what she's doing or been trying to do as vice president. This is what happens when you select somebody to, to help run the free world just simply because they're a woman, they're a woman of color, and the first person to ever be elected Nationwide, who is one of those things? That is completely crazy. That is exactly what happens. So, there have been some rumors that Biden wants to get her gone, that Biden wants to get her out of the White House altogether. And that he thinks he messed up by making her his running mate. Now, I saw this thing over at CNN. And again, CNN. Uh, a source in the White House says, quote, some in Biden's orbit have wondered if he should replace Harris by nominating her to the Supreme Court. It's that bad. Sorry about that. I dropped my phone. It's that bad that they believe that it would be better to get her on the Supreme Court than let her be able to ruin his political and social and everything he wants to do this country. That is crazy. Now, keep in mind, there was a USA Today poll conducted uh, from November 3rd through 5th with 1,000 adults, the question asked, in your review, what is most important for Biden to do over the next year? 5% said infrastructure, 5% said COVID, 7% said immigration, 10% said economy, and the biggest one was 20% with resign, retire, or quit. Joe Biden has around a 38% approval rating, and Kamala Harris somehow figured out how to get an even lower approval rating than Joe Biden. Now, I don't know what Kamala Harris has done to get to the point where they absolutely want her to become the 2024 running person, but it's being shown that they didn't because they're trying to get her outed as vice president. Think about this. Think about this. Why did they They obviously... She. I mean, she... Very famously, called Joe Biden a sexual assault, uh, a sexual um, pr- predator. Called him a racist, and months later said he was the best guy since Sliced Bread. Even though I think he's probably been alive longer than Sliced Bread. They have been trying to get him out of office, or they—they they were trying to get her to be the twenty twenty four nominee. And now they've changed their mind because they realized just. How bad and unpopular she is she is she has a 28 percent approval rating 28 percent think about that over um at Getty uh there is a headline that says Biden's successor chatter grows and Harris isn't scaring off anybody There's been an unusual amount of 2024 talk for a president who says he's running again. And it hasn't been uniformly positive for his vice president. People don't want it to be the vice president. They don't want the vice president to be the nominee. But Democrats are scared. According to the Washington post slash ABC, ABC, if the election were held today, 51% of registered voters prefer a GOP-held Congress, prefer to just t- compared to just 41% for a Democratic-held. That's the largest lead Republican congressional candidates that have held in midterms in more than 40 years. In more than 40 years, look what's happening to the country. Just two years ago, we were booming, man our economy was rolling now reports are coming out that ships to california are now waiting 17 days to unload 17 days to unload and while all this is going on while our country is falling apart we have rhinos who want to give one of the most unpopular presidents in american in in the history of america a win Now I'm going to read a statement to you from Donald J. Trump, the best president in my lifetime. It says any interest from good and smart America first Republican patriots running to primary campaigns against representatives, Tom Rice, John Katko, Don Bacon, Don Young, Fred Upton, Andrew Gabarino, Peter Meyer, David McKinley, Nancy Mace, uh, Jamie Herrera, Butler and Chris Smith. You will have my backing. Gonzalez, Kinzinger and Reed already quit. They're out of politics. Hopefully for good warmonger, Liz Cheney, is on the skids with a 19% approval rating. Saving America starts by saving the GOP from rhinos, sellouts, and known losers. In the Senate, the, disa- the quote, disaster from Alaska, Lisa Murkowski, must go. There's almost nobody worse. He's 100% right. If we continue to let the tyrannical left and cushion right control us, they will take all of our freedoms away and we will no longer have a country. We have to fight back. We cannot let America turn into a socialist country. Ronald Reagan once said that freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. And that America is the great last hope on earth. But this administration that we are in is currently a joke. So on Friday, Biden held a cabinet meeting for the first time since July with Kamala Harris out of the country and almost every major cabinet member having their own crisis. This admin is—it's a joke. It is a joke. But well, there are some good news coming out. Federal courts appear to stay uh, to to stay on the side of medical freedom. Now to get into the infrastructure bill, Ted Cruz hammered the Republicans who voted with Democrats. He said they breath breath breathed life into the democratic agenda and gave Joe Biden a political win. He's hundred percent right. On Sunday, Senator Cruz appeared on Sunday morning futures with host Maria Bartiromo, which is a great show. if you haven't watched it and hammered Republicans in the house and Senate who voted for the infrastructure package saying they quote breathed life into the failing democratic agenda. You had an opportunity there to stop this whole agenda, but your colleagues decided not to go on that path. You had 19 of your colleagues in the Senate vote for the infrastructure package 13 of the house what exactly did that do now because they did that the path is wide open for much higher taxes on the rest of us all to pay isn't that true it's exactly true and it's maddening he said here we'll play a clip
1: well you would have thought that the democrats saw virginia and new jersey as a wake-up call to slow things down in fact it's the opposite Uh, YOU HAD AN OPPORTUNITY THERE TO STOP THIS WHOLE AGENDA, BUT YOUR COLLEAGUES DECIDED NOT TO GO THAT PATH. YOU HAD 19 OF YOUR COLLEAGUES IN THE SENATE VOTE FOR THE INFRASTRUCTURE PACKAGE. YOU HAD 13 IN THE HOUSE VOTE FOR THE INFRASTRUCTURE PACKAGE. WHAT EXACTLY DID THAT DO? NOW, BECAUSE THEY DID THAT, THE PATH IS WIDE OPEN FOR MUCH HIGHER TAXES FOR THE REST OF US TO PAY. ISN'T THAT TRUE? Uh, It's exactly true, and it's maddening. I can tell you, in the Senate, we spent week after week at lunch yelling at each other, with, with, with most of the Republicans saying to those who wanted to support this infrastructure bill, why are you doing it? Why are you facilitating the Bernie Sanders socialist budget? They argued, no, 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 if we pass this, it'll make the other less likely to pass that never made sense to me. The Democrats never made any agreement to that. They didn't say, we won't pursue the Bernie Sanders budget. What they said is, okay, we'll take both. We'll take 1.2 trillion here, and then we'll take 5.5 trillion here. That's what the Democrats said. And, and I will tell you in the House, for, for the House Republicans who voted for this, JOE BIDEN AND THE DEMOCRATS, THEIR AGENDA WAS was ON THE RAILS. IT WAS FAILING. IT WAS ON THE WAY TO GOING DOWN. AND and WHAT THOSE REPUBLICANS DID IS THEY BREATHED LIFE INTO IT. THEY GAVE JOE BIDEN A POLITICAL WIN. HE WILL NOW GO ACROSS THE COUNTRY TOUTING, LOOK AT THIS BIG BIPARTISAN WIN, AND and THAT ADDITIONAL MOMENTUM uh, UNFORTUNATELY MAKES IT MORE LIKELY THAT THEY WHIP THEIR DEMOCRATS INTO SHAPE And pass some multi trillion dollar spending bill on top of this that will include, unfortunately, trillions in new taxes. That's what the stakes are all about. I still hope it doesn't happen, and I hope Joe Manchin does what you suggested, what he suggested, which is to say, hey, let's kick this till next year. Let's wait until inflation is, is licked, till we stopped inflation, then we can talk about the next package. I, I think that would show a lot of wisdom. That would be a, a very statesman-like act for, for, mm-hmm. for Joe Manchin to do.
0: Let's see if he does it, but spineless. The only word that comes to mind. Spineless. You're going to give the most hated president in American history. You're going to give him a win. So Joe Biden gaffed as he always does. He was speaking uh, Thursday or Friday and context back in 2014 or 15, uh, Barack Obama banned any uh the federal government or any anybody in the federal government which obviously the president is from using the term uh Nero to refer to literally anything. And so this is Joe Biden speaking just a moment ago or a couple of days ago. He was speaking and in fact he used this rule that he broke this rule that he helped uh pass watch.
1: I know you're a little younger than I am, but uh you know I've adopted the Attitude of the great Negro at the time pitcher in the Negro Leagues went on to become a great pitcher in the pros into the Major League Baseball after Jackie Robinson. His name was Satchel Paige. And Satchel page
0: I- Well, I don't know much about Satchel Page. I don't know much about baseball, but I know that this is absolutely terrible. But nobody will say anything to him. But this isn't the only time he's been racist. In fact, this isn't even one of the worst times. Listen to this clip from forever, from decades ago.
1: ...right on Bosnia that uh, this ethnic (laughs) cleansing has the potential to rear its ugly head in Ukraine and and, and, in Belarus and in the former Soviet Union, where they have uh, major... Uh, arsenals of nuclear weapons, where they have long histories of national wars, where ethnicity dominates, uh, uh, that is a phenomenal potential consequence of the United States. If Haiti, a uh, god awful thing to say, if Haiti just quietly sunk into the Caribbean or rose up 300 feet, it wouldn't
0: matter. Hmm, but when Trump called them bleephole countries, it was terrible, but. But I just have that if everybody in Haiti just disappeared tomorrow, it wouldn't matter a whole bunch. But yeah, this is the great, this is the guy who was going to lead America from being the most racist country, even though we elected a black president twice. He's going to make them, them racist Virginians who just elected a black lieutenant governor. He's going to absolutely make sure that they just, they learn what, they learn what to do because it's absolutely i mean it is so terrible what is going on man i mean it, you know this is the best place on earth for anyone to live of any race but we're absolutely you know it's ash it's so bad you know what i'm saying like this is the worst place on ever uh ever to live stupid now i will tell you outside of those crazy rhinos. We do have some good ones, and uh, we'll play this clip by uh, Ron DeSantis. Nobody, no cop, no
1: firefighter, no nurse, nobody should be losing their jobs because of these jabs. We have got to stand up for people and protect their jobs and protect their livelihoods.
0: We need more Republicans like that. How hard is it? How hard is it to actually have a backbone, to actually have a spine, to actually do what you campaign on? I didn't think it was that crazy. Now, Elon Musk, who is perhaps maybe the best person ever on social media, if you don't follow him on social media, make sure you follow him on social media, because he absolutely has just raked Bernie Sanders to the coals. So, Elon Musk, uh, this is uh, over at Hank Barry and over at The Daily Wire, uh, On Sunday, Tesla founder and CEO Elon Musk dragged radical leftist Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders after Sanders snapped and said, quote, we must demand that the extremely wealthy pay their fair share, period. To which Elon replied, I keep forgetting that you're alive. Want me to sell more stock, Bernie? Just say the word. The latter comment referred to Musk's sale of a combined $6.9 billion worth of shares Friday, on November 6th, Musk, Musk created a Twitter poll asking whether he should sell 10% of his stock in Tesla, tweeting, much is made lately of unrealized gains being a tax avoidance, so I propose selling 10% of my Tesla stock. Do you support this? Roughly 58% of the votes cast said he should. So he did. Musk added, I will abide by the results of this poll, poll whichever way it goes. Note, I do not take a cash salary or bonus from anywhere. I only have stock, thus the, the only way for me to pay taxes personally is to sell stock. Now, Musk has a long history of not really being anywhere. It's really hard to pin down politically because in July, but July 27th of last year, in the height of the BLM riots, he said, the left is losing the middle. This is absolutely true. And about 25 minutes later, he tweeted uh, a picture of the father of communism, Karl Marx, writing, Das Kapital in a nutshell, followed by a picture of March with a statement in a quasi-German, give me that for free. In May 2020, Musk commented, take the red pill. And those of you who don't know, take the red pill basically means go from being a liberal to a Republican. Stuff like this, even though it may seem it may seem not important, really is important. Because it wins you the middle. And the middle wins elections still in this country, in most states. Now, in a state like Georgia, it's not so much about winning the middle, it's about turning out your base. But in a state like Pennsylvania, Michigan, it might be about winning the middle. Now, Joe Biden is no longer struggling to swim in competitive states, he is sinking and sinking fast. That poll we talked about earlier said that if if the midterms were held today, registered voters would vote for uh, Republican candidates in Congress over the Democratic candidates by a staggering 15%. The Washington Post, who's no fan, fan of Republicans anyway, called the findings a historically strong results for Republicans. Overall, Biden's approval rating is 12 points underwater with only 41% of registered voters approving of the job he has done as president, while 53% disapproving of the job he has done. Now, many pundits have stated confidently they believe Democrats will get blown out in the midterms in uh, in the House of Representatives. And just I'll be honest with you, 10, years, 10 months ago, the 2022 U.S. Senate map did not look favorable for Republicans. But... This poll is starting to uh, to show it, and this is what the poll said. When you evaluate the survey results in just eight states expected to have the most competitive Senate races, four held by Democrats, four by Republicans, raises further hope for the GOP and the rest of the Democratic Party. In these states, Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Nevada, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Biden's overall approval rating is 33%, compared with 43% elsewhere. On his handling of the pandemic, his approval is 11 points lower than in the rest of the country. Residents of these states are also less inclined to back their incumbent House member rather than to look for somebody new to support. 19 versus 28%. And registered voters in these states favor Republicans over Democrats for the House by a 23 point margin, 58 to 35, versus 7% in the rest of the country. Now, this is what I want to tell you F- Florida. Is not a swing state anymore. Florida is a soft or is a safe Republican state. And let me tell you why. So there's these two organizations. One's called the Republican Governor Organ- uh, Association. The other one's called the Democratic Governor Association. Basically, what they do is their job, think of them like a pack, but they're only focused on the governorship, right? You know, the RGA spent a lot of money in Virginia to get Glenn Youngkin elected. Well, the DGA has just announced that they do not plan to spend money to try to uh, help whoever on the left defeat Ron DeSantis because they've given up on trying to defeat him because Ron DeSantis is a man of the people. He's what I would call a populist. And to anyone who tells you why populism is wrong, please, please ask them to explain why Florida went from blue in 2012 to eh, just, just barely being Republican in 2016 to now in 2022, the Democrat, one of the biggest democratic donor political action committees won't even spend money in it. I mean, and there's some good candidates Uh, in Arizona. You have a guy named Blake masters running Florida uh, will be uh, Marco Rubio again, Georgia. You know, there's a lot of good people in that Senate race who I've had many of them on the show, uh, Nevada. There's a guy out there named Sam Brown, New Hampshire. Not sure what's going to happen. Uh, Because Sununu just pretty much announced he's not going to run. North Carolina, you got Ted Budd, who's uh, endorsed by Trump. Pennsylvania, still interesting. Sean Parnell will probably pull that primary out. And Wisconsin will also be interesting. But all those states will probably go red. And for Florida, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, those are already red states uh, with Republican senators. So it's going to be very interesting. And I think you're going to see a lot of people start to say, Hold on a minute, because what has happened time after time after time uh, is the only poll that matters is the voting poll, the polling place. But what voters have shown is that they don't want one-party rule uh, in the federal government, that they want some level of a Republican and a Democrat having say. As you saw with a lot of people voting for Republicans, with, with a lot of Republicans uh, losing in 2018 in the, st- in the House, but a lot of senators winning in those very same states. A lot of Republican senators. So what is going to happen? Because this poll also found that Democrats have seen their support among voters diminish significantly for which party voters trust to handle education. Democrats led Republicans on this issue by 3%. The last time polled... Democrats enjoyed a 23% lead over Republicans on the issue. A tw- that's a 20% drip job. Now, Senator John Barrasso, Republican of Wyoming, chair of the Senate Republican conference, responded to the poll numbers for Biden during an interview on Sunday with ABC news, saying that the numbers were proof that the president was failing in the eyes of the majority of Americans. As I believe he is. Joe Biden is failing his job. And it will be shown. It will be proved. Now, a lot has happened in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. We're going to touch on this for a few minutes and we'll be done. But closing arguments will start later today. And if anything happens other than Kyle being acquitted, I don't know what to do. I mean, we have a prosecutor who is a worse lawyer than your aunt who thinks she knows law. We have a guy who, uh, you know, we, we, have, we have a guy who was actually shot by Kyle Rittenhouse who said that he only shot after the gun was pointed at him. I mean, there's, I, I don't see one way in which Kyle Rittenhouse loses this case. He went on the stand, which you typically don't do. But he did. I'm gonna play this video. Um, Your videos that you have
1: captured of these incidents that you call riots, they're very uh, slanted against the people who are rioting. You characterize them as Antifa, Black Lives Matter, rioters. Correct. Because they are rioting in the footage. Yes, absolutely.
0: (laughs) I mean, seriously. How do you make the people who are doing something bad in this seem bad? Well, because they're bad. Well, that doesn't stop the left, even with all this evidence. Listen to Joy Reid, who only has half a brain Let me there. just remind people of the names of the victims. Joseph Rosenbaum, who was 36 years old. Anthony Huber, who was 26. Gage Gross- Grosskreutz, who was only 27 years old, was injured. These are the victims. These are the people um, that people ought to remember are the people who were hurt here, not the person who was crying on the stand today. Paul Butler, thank you very much, my friend. Up next. Ooh. Why don't we remember the five people who Joseph Rosenbaum raped? Hmm? Why don't we do that? That seems like a good idea to me. Let's remember the people who Joseph Rosenbaum raped. Seems like a good idea if that's that's what we want to do. Look, I've said this time and time again, and I think I have a special place to say this because I am Kyle's age. Kyle should not have been there. Absolutely, Kyle should not have been there. You know, I I got invited to go to D.C. during the uh, inauguration, or sorry, during uh, during the, the election, and I decided not to because of how crazy I knew it would be. And I did not want to risk literally anything. Because I like life. I like to be alive. So I did not go. And I, now I'm not saying that he didn't have the right to be there. And I'm not saying because he went. This wouldn't have happened. I'm not saying that because he brought the gun. This wouldn't have happened. If he didn't. If he would have brought the gun. He probably would be dead right now. But. As someone who. Is Kyle's age. I would advise, if, if I had a friend, I would advise my friends not to go to this. I Just as I you know, advise my female friends, don't get drunk at a frat party with no friends around, right? Because even though you can, even though nine times out of ten nothing will happen, sometimes stuff happens. Hey, Noah here. I wanted to take a second because I realized I don't know if you know who I am. So, I like to take the last few minutes of every single show to tell you who I am. I mean, you're turning to the dial right now. You know, you may have no have no idea who I am. My name is Noah Ring. I'm foremost the, uh, the, the most prominent college conservative activist in the country. Uh, I got my start a couple of years ago uh, in 2016-ish, you know, working uh, to try to help uh, Donald Trump get elected. Since then, uh, obviously, I've grown up a little bit since 2016. I was only 15 in 2016 when Donald Trump was elected to be the president of the United States. And I spent four years defending Donald Trump's uh, America first policy, defending him in the classroom. I uh, have kind of, I've kind of tokened that, that I, I I fight for conservatism and Trump in the classroom. So that's what I've done for the last four years. I have fought for Donald Trump against radical left-wing professors, students, administrators, everyone. I also helped to defend many students across this country. Look, a lot of people weren't lucky like me and lived in a very conservative school district. And a lot of people are afraid that if they... Speak out against their radical professors or their radical teachers or principals or whoever that they will be ridiculed and they'll be grade docked, which if you don't know what grade docking is, it's when they drop your grade uh, simply because they don't like you. Simply because in this case, you support Donald Trump, you support uh, pro-life, pro-gun, and you are for America first. With that being said, I am a contributor with campus reform, meaning whenever I find some story that of uh, some teacher doing absolutely crazy work or some college being overly, overly biased. I report on it because that is important. The, the future of America is right, is in college right now. My generation will decide what happens. Gen X is overwhelmingly conservative. The millennial generation is overwhelmingly liberal. My generation will be the biggest thing. Cause I saw a statistic a couple of years ago that by the 2028 election, my generation will be the vi- biggest voting block in the country and I don't know about you, but I want to live under a Republican-led country, led by the conservative ideals of limited government, limited uh, re- our personal responsibility, limited government, and liberty. That is what the Founding Fathers guaranteed to us, and that's what I want to live by. So every Monday, I'm right here, 8, 10 a.m., whether you're listening to this uh, on the radio or you're listening to this on the internet live stream, I'm right here. If you ever have any questions at all, you can email me, noah at noahring.org. Uh, that's my personal email. I check that. Too many times a day, honestly. Uh, You can also text me at 912-254-4838, 912-254-4838. But what I really seek to do with this podcast, with this radio show, is I seek to give my generation what is needed for them to fight back against the radical left on college campuses. Because I've seen firsthand what happens when one-party rule comes to these college campuses. You think can't you think California is bad? Wait until you step foot on a college campus. Because at least in California, you have the protections of the Constitution of the United States. At college, you don't have those protections. So that's what I, that's who I am. That's what I'm doing, and that's why I and I appreciate you, the American people, the great people of America, listening and giving me this platform to be able to speak to you for you know roughly two hours a day, which my. Sixth grade teachers told me that I'd never make anything in my life talking so much, but look who has proved her wrong. Now, with that being said, make sure that you come back tomorrow at 8 a.m., 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. every single morning. We have great guests on all the time. We've interviewed uh, former Secretary of the Agriculture, Sonny Purdue. We've interviewed Marjorie Taylor Greene, Mike Collins, uh, Congressman Gary Graves. We've interviewed all these people. We've interviewed senators, congressmen, governors, uh, all these people, who candidates as well, and just interesting people, We had on a guy named uh, Alejandro who used to be a member of Antifa and now, and Black Lives Matter, and now he is one of the biggest people fighting back against those very organizations. So we have on great guests all the time and we bring you the news that nobody else is going to bring you. You're not going to find these headlines on Fox News because I have a lot of, I have a lot of people throughout the country who are looking for stories uh, that are happening in high schools and colleges and even, even really some corporations and Fox News doesn't cover those for whatever reason, so I guess I have to do that. So I hope that you will tune back in tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. as we take on the left one more time. I don't know how long I'll have this platform. I don't know how long I'll be on social media, but we will take on the left one more time tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., at ending at 10 a.m., so it's perfect for your morning commute. And also, if you can't listen to this live, you know, some people are busy, whatever, I do typically upload the first hour, first 40 or so minutes of the first hour to... The podcast, which you can find at noaring.org, but thank you so much for tuning in today, and we will see you on the other.
1: Glenfiddich's Riches
0: Twenty Five campaign aims to challenge the historically unitary and largely misinterpreted vision of wealth and what it means to live a life of riches that is commonly displayed in culture. Riches Twenty Five breaks from the single malt Scotch whiskey norm and helps redefine what it means to be rich. The launch of the Glenfiddich Riches Twenty Five is a curation of twenty five individuals that challenge traditional notions of wealth and express an alternate idea of what it means to live a life of riches. For me, it's about fulfilling work and flexibility in my time and nobody breathing down my neck except for you, Jen. And when there's too much breathing, I reach for my Glenfiddich 23. I want it to be old enough to have its own scotch if it wants to.
1: Skillfully crafted, enjoy responsibly. Glenfiddich 2021, imported by William Grant & Sons, Inc. New York, New York.